What's going on, Military Cash Flow family? And we're back with another episode. Today, we're talking about our best times in the military versus our worst times in the military. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit. We're gonna try to keep it not as somber, or you know, you know, and talk about many dark times. But we're gonna lay it out there for you, so you guys could either agree with this, or if you're just now thinking about joining the military, you can start thinking about these things. But Dan, go ahead, man, kick it off. All right, man. Uh, best time in the military. I, so I've had a lot of great times. I've been in a lot of great places, met a lot of great people. Right. But uh, one of the best times from actually this hat, right. I'm just, this hat I actually got from Japan from we got to go to Japan for like two weeks during uh, for, for some training event. So I don't know. It's pretty, pretty cool. But uh, my best memory um, is an exercise. It was a defensive live fire exercise. And this is when I was a finance officer. So the reason why it was so cool is because um, I got to essentially train my guys and then see them, you know, get excited and then actually execute these things. So for those who are in, you know, who, those of you don't know, I started off infantry. I was, you know, light PL, heavy PL, did some XO time, did some real cool things as an infantry officer. Um, and then when I switched to finance, it was kind of a hard transition because uh, we're, a support role and there's not a lot of um i guess field experience i'll put it that way not a lot of like field type experience so um my favorite time was the, the defensive live fire exercise where we we um went down to a range we like marched down to uh marched down to a range we were there for like a week and um we had a, a mortar platoon with us and we were basically going through our metal tasks which was you know defending a defending your position, right? So defensive live fire, right? DLFX. And um, the cool thing was because I was an infantry officer, I, I did a lot of the um, helping with not just planning it, but actually like showing, you know, train the trainer, right? Teaching my NCOs, this is how you actually, you know, operate this weapon system the correct way. This is, you know, your sectors of fire. This is how you do certain things and little other field crafts that go along with it, right? Um, that that they never really experienced being in a support role, where obviously I had been out to the field counts countless of you know countless times and seeing and learning from my NCOs, right? So um, it was really the reason why it was my my favorite time is literally because just seeing the excitement on their faces from learning, like you know. If you're in the support role, you don't really get to do a lot of, you know, infantry stuff or you don't get to do a lot of like hua hua stuff. So um, them getting the opportunity to actually do it and being extremely excited about it and seeing them execute and be very proud of like walking off the field like, hey, man, I just did that. And, you know, this is awesome. This is such a great event. You know, they're sharing their pictures. They're doing all this other stuff. I don't know. To me, that was just really, really fulfilling being able to like kind of teach something and see someone actually execute it and be extremely, extremely excited about it and proud uh, I'm proud about what they what they did. Um, and, you know, I've had some great times in the infantry. I got to got to uh, to uh, my company commander was down. And as an XO, I got to basically lead a company on, on a couple of, um, of of exercise. It was pretty dope. But I would say being financed, they were way more excited excited about it and because this is not something that they get to do right um just the whole entire training up process was extremely extremely um fulfilling to me just seeing that you know them do that and see you know teach my nco something and then they actually go and teach their soldiers how to do it and i don't know man it was just it was just really cool it's kind of like how you know we teach this real estate stuff and then to see someone actually go out and do it and be right. successful at it it's very very similar that's 
that's you know extremely fulfilling so to me that was the best memory how about you mike yeah I, I love that man because it is always something we talk about that all the time too like uh seeing the light bulb click like that is just a time of like now i'm on fire now i'm inspired by your you know success or your excitement um so that's awesome man um so for me um there's a lot of good times man there's a lot of good times i'm gonna i'm gonna have to give an honorable mention um to being able to travel as much as we did in the military because growing up as a kid i had actually never left the state of texas until i joined the military i've never even got on a plane until i joined the military and they flew my ass out to boot camp right and then now i've been to several different countries and stuff so that's an honorable mention but but for me what i'll say is my best time was again being that young kid um from texas never did anything and i and i mentioned this story before but my first year in i was an 88 mike and that summer, so only in for a couple of months, that summer I had the opportunity to go to airborne and air assault school. And, um, you know, being a nervous guy, it's like, I don't want to mess up because, you know, they always talk about the kickout rate and the drop rate and all this other stuff. But I, I'm not, I've never flown before. So getting on that first helicopter and just like hanging over the edge, I was just, that just put me in an entirely new world of like, what the hell is even possible? Like, what is it? How am I? Because, you know, in the helicopter, I don't know if you guys know this, but in the helicopters, the doors are typically open. We're sitting on the edge and our feet are hanging off. But you're wondering, like, when they're banking and you're looking down at the ground, it's like, how am I not falling out? You know, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? And I'm, I'm grabbing on everybody's shit. I'm with them back. <laughs> like, it's it's scary, right? But um, and then going into aerosol and doing something very similar. At that point in time in my life, that's when my eyes opened to, like, the world of possibilities. I was always in, like, this bottle or in this box uh, growing up, because I just did not know. And then after that, man, the kind of the, the doors opened, was able to go active duty, able to start my own businesses and everything, because now my mind truly saw like, oh, I'm this, and I was, I think I was like eight, I was about to turn 19 is when I joined the military. So um, at that point in time, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, I got this. I'm grown. I'm a grown man. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, I know this. And then I realized I don't know shit. I don't know nothing. So, um, yeah, that was probably the best time. It, they uh, say air, they say aerosol school is uh, the toughest ten days uh, in the army, right? And I, and I specifically remember like my time at aerosol school. I'm curious for you because you said you had just joined, right? Brand new to it, didn't really. I'm assuming at that time you didn't really know like military customs, didn't know anything at all. Mm -hmm. um, what was it like for you? What was uh, aerosol school in particular uh, like for you? Was it as tough as you as you thought it would be? Um. <clears throat> No, not as tough as I thought it would be. The reason why is because I was actually in great shape back then. You know, I was like, I was very fit. So the physicality part wasn't an issue for me. In my mind, I put so much stress on myself because I heard how hard the course is. So like I would study and study, you know, we had to do the aerosol test and all that. I studied and all the knots because I never repelled and everything. So all that was new to me. So I'd be staying up at night, just like going over this stuff. And honestly, if you go in there with any, if going there physically fit, and have just a baseline knot. Like if you had studied before you went somehow, it, it would it would have been fairly simple for for people to pass. But uh, for me, that was actually my first school ever in the army. So it was there was a lot around it. There was what, a lot year, of like. What year do you go and where'd you go to? I think it was twenty nine. Oh, not twenty nine. I was nineteen. Um, sorry, give me a second. Two thousand and nine. Okay. Two thousand and nine. Uh, and I went to, ah, 
I went to a place in Texas out of uh, uh, San Antonio because okay. it was a National Guard event for uh, air assault. Yep, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you made me put on yeah. back the, 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 reason, the reason I asked <laughs> that because, like, um, so I was a cadet. I, I went during in 2010 as a cadet, right? And it was the first military school I ever went to. I started in um, I started the ROTC program in spring of of I think it was like spring of like 2010. I think so. Some somewhere around there. Uh, I right. started. I started, and then they were just like, "Hey, you look physically fit enough, man. You can go to airsoft school." I was like, "What's yeah. airsoft school? Never put yeah. a ruck on. Never put a ruck on my day in my life, bro. Like, yeah. like, oh, what's what's that? Oh yeah, you know, it's it, it'll be all right. You'll be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and literally, I go to this school, and I'm like, "Yo, what is? <laughs> what is I, I had no idea. <laughs> like, I had no idea about anything. I wasn't." Like I did not prepare for this. They were, it was just kind of like yeah. a, a three week thing. Like, hey, you know, we have this slot for aerosol school. I, I think you'd be all right for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I go to it, and I'm just getting broke the fuck off, dude. Like because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't prepare for this. Like, yeah, I didn't know anything about what I was getting into. And I never put a ruck on. Like I actually assembled my ruck. I went with another cadet, and he like. Oh helped assemble my ruck i wore brand new boots on the oh. 12 mile, on the this is like this is i didn't know anything yeah <laughs> didn't know anything so i know we kind of went <laughs> off on it went off on a out into left field but i just thought that was awesome like you, yeah. you know you said you started it you know that was your first military school so my first military school as well obviously i got yeah. through it but man that's to me that sucked more than ranger school because i didn't know anything and i did right mile, that was and my first ever 12 mile ruck march like and that's a good that's a good point because up to that point I just had basic AIT and some fucking you know drills here and there so I didn't really know too well but that was the first time that I experienced the army 12 miler with the 3 hour time standard like that was never mentioned to me before in anywhere cuz ADA mics aren't really doing that I mean I well not in the guard anyway let me put it that way uh, so yeah to that point that was tough that was very tough. Matter of fact, I remember uh, now that's a good point, because even though I was physically fit, I remember I was like, oh, I wanted to stop. My buddy of mine who went with me was also physically fit. He caved out at like mile eight. And then I remember getting all the way up to the finish. And it's only like whatever. You can see the finish line. So maybe 200, 100 meters or whatever, 100 yards. And there's a dude in front of me. And he was he was trying out for SF I got to demonstrate this. This boy, this boy got up to the top, man. And he was right there. He said, ah. Oh. Oh. Like he was ducking. up there doing the stanky leg, man. Well, like he was ducking. And then he just fell out, man. And I remember I was so scared. I was, as I was running past him, I was like, did he die? And I'm just like, oh, I do remember that, man. Good times, oh, man. man. Yeah, All right. All right. Well, let's well, let's let's change let's change the subject. Although we cover the best, which is like the highlight. What was some of the worst times for you, man? Yeah, the, the singular worst time for me was um, I think JRTC. I'm gonna say 2016 time frame because it was like a week after my second child was born, right? And um, I'm not even gonna lie, man. I had zero motivation <laughs> to <laughs> to go to this, you know, um, as a uh, as a PL. Um, I had like zero motivation to go to this um, personal. Now, like, obviously I didn't show that, you know, to my guys and things, but man, like, you know, just seeing my kid, my second child get born and, um, and then having to go away for like a month and some change. That's when it like, yeah, a, a lot of that just kind of hit me. I was like, man, you know, uh, 
there's there's some times where you're sleeping, you know, when you're kind of like you know, it's bed down, especially during um like the in processing part. I can't remember what it's called, man. Like um when you're kind of in processing in JRTC, yeah. right? When there's there's actually a lot of downtime, like for the first like week when you're getting all the the prepo equipment, all the prepositioned stock, like all your other stuff. Um, it's there's a lot of downtime in there, and and that that would just suck you for me, like just sitting there, like man, I don't got my phone because they you know mm-hmm. they take away everybody's phone. <laughs> I don't got my phone. I don't have any way to like really talk to. You. I don't got no pictures, and I, my kid was literally just born like a week and a half ago. So, uh, to me, that was the worst time. That actual experience itself like actually going through it. and once i got into it and i wasn't really thinking about anything else just thinking about like the the, the mission at hand uh it was cool I, I didn't i didn't mind it at all um but it i that will probably forever be like one of the worst uh times in the military for me just because like my mental state was not there and i that was one of the one times i can say like hey i really just didn't want to be there dude like i you know if there was a quit button, I probably would touch it. <laughs> like, yeah, at some, at some point there, and it's not even like it's not even like JRTC's hard. It was literally just because, yo, man, my my wife's at home. She was in law school too, right? At that time, she was in law school. Just had our second child, and she was there by herself, um, like trying to just trying to do it. And and like me as a as you know the provider as a male in the household, I just felt a certain type of way. And yeah, you know, it, I really didn't like it. So. That was my worst time. What about you? Yeah, that's fair, man. That's absolutely fair. Um, so I'll, I'll uh, pre-note this with the fact that uh, there's a lot of dark times in the military, but like we said, we're not going to really try to touch on them. If you guys do want to see a video, not necessarily about the dark times, but about some of the hardest mental things, uh, just leave it down in the comments below and we can create a whole new video about that. But one of the things that I saw consistently across the board that I consider one of the worst um things or attributes or whatever that the military had was um, the fact that when leadership would leadership would reward individuals in the eyes of what the leadership thought was a good reward. And I'll give you an example. Similar to your story, man, a good friend of mine, uh, he had his wife at home. He was sending money back home. He was he was from another country, um, so he was he was the he was the provider for a lot. And then he ju- he already had some kids, and he had his another brand new baby born while he was at a course with me, right? And so the baby was born. He's like, man, I just want to go home, man. I just want to you know see my baby. We both completed the course. Not a big deal. We get back. The fact that he performed a lot better than I did, <laughs> the the leadership said, you know what, man? You did so well. I'm going to send you out again. Here you go. You leave in, in like 30 days. You go into another course. Now, in the eyes of the leadership, he's like, hey, man, if you get more schools, you get more leadership opportunities, you get more opportunities to promote faster, you got a great career. All he wanted to do was go home. He wanted like three months off, just like your point. And but that's just one example. But that happened time and time again. Right. Where like people would get or, for example, maybe um, people would get awarded in public like, hey, everybody gather around. We're about to give them an award. But sometimes the the soldier doesn't like that. You know, maybe they don't want to be publicly recognized. They'd rather do a handshake. Maybe they have a lot of anxiety and stuff. Right. So it's 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 hard, especially when you know the person especially when you know the person and what they want it's hard to see them be uncomfortable but also being uncomfortable accepting whatever's going on but also being uncomfortable being able to speak to the leadership 
about it. And so I'd probably say that that's one of the worst things that I saw consistently um, across the military. Yeah, uh, I definitely understand that piece, especially the rewarding piece. And also kind of to that point as well. Um, oftentimes, um, leadership, you know, for soldiers that do a really good job, sometimes the reward is, hey, we're going to keep depending on you to do more and more and more right. and more. Right. While, while, while the crappy one... <laughs> Well, the crappy guy that can't be depended on exactly that you just skates right um so you know i immediately thought i thought that's where you were going at first right that happened to me too that happened to me too but i feel like i feel like those are i feel like those situations because i remember i remember very specifically we was in afghanistan and i was knocking out a lot of stuff because i was just like hungry to do more and i didn't like sitting around um one of the dude well a couple of them they were playing video games yep even sf like video games on their downtime and while I was out actively doing something, the team sergeant came out and he said, hey, Mike, uh, after this, I want you to go ahead and knock out this. And, hey, can you do this, too? And I was like uh, – and I was doing everything up to that point. But at that point, I was like, uh, sergeant, I could. But uh, what about what about those guys in there? He looked up. He was like, you damn right. <laughs> and he went back inside. <laughs> so it's like at a certain point, you got to you gotta like stand your ground, you know what I mean? But uh, no, nah, you're, you're right on the money with that one too, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm even guilty with that sometimes too. Like sometimes like, man, I got five guys right here and I know four of my like, <laughs> probably can't depend on, but, yeah, yeah. You, but, but you just, you just have, but like sometimes if, if there's a timeline, there's a time crunch, it's like, damn, yeah. like, you know, you don't really have, I'm not going to say you don't have a choice, but you know, uh, I, I, I will say I've been guilty of that too, but I'm cognizant of it, uh, very, very cognizant of it, and I try as hard as I can not to do that, man. But that's that's uh, that's definitely a thing right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. So those are our uh, our best and worst times, uh, our best and worst moments in the military. What are your best and worst? I'm curious to hear what are your best and uh, best and worst moments, right? So enter those down below, into those comments down below. Uh, I'm just curious what what the collective uh thanks as well uh that also honestly helps me as a leader because i'm going to look at those and be like okay noted just like we talked about you know being cognizant of rewarding good work with more work right so right um you don't know until someone actually speaks it so leave those comments down below mike yeah man just go out there and if you guys are enjoying it focus on the things you do enjoy the things that you don't enjoy have those open conversations with your leadership because i I, I almost guarantee you, I understand not all leadership is the same, but I almost guarantee you that you'll be able to find some sort of mutual ground. So yeah, leave those things below, man. And we'll go from there. All right. With that said, this is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassby. Signing off.